right, everybody. Five more minutes, and then it's time to get this bottom moving. You know, Commissioner Brad, I was thinking, when the Salvation Army fall programming starts, there are so many things that we want to do and need to do. But if you can only do one thing in October, it would be the one conference. Exactly. The theme undivided. When I think of that, I think of the Army world coming together as one. We are so much greater. We are such a powerful force when we come together. Uh, as a professional social worker, I want to be sensitive to how cultural impacts people's behavior and their healing and their spirituality. And the conference was a wonderful time to share such ideas about culture and how we can be more sensitive to it. One of the things I noticed right away when attending the ONE conference was that I saw people there of various ages. I saw preteens, teens, young adults, on up through older adults, and everyone was getting something out. When you go to the ONE conference, you'll experience inspiring worship and receive some tools that'll help you in your ministry at your own core. The ONE conference for me is always a blessing. The most blessed part is the worship time, especially with our worship leader, Nikki Lerner, last time. Uh, just being able to worship with others, regardless of the genre, regardless of the style, knowing that we're all worshiping together to the one true God uh, is truly a blessing, and I look forward to another ONE conference. Super excited to be able to go to the ONE conference. This will be my third time going. I love the way that we broke out into different sessions. We got to know the speakers a little better, and we got to know each other a little more. And we were able to take workbooks and materials on multi-ethnic conversations back to our congregations and work that into our congregational life. Para ver el ministerio multicultural de una forma diferente y una forma más abierta. See you at the one. See you there. To know how to act rightly requires holding our news feeds and our Bibles. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Kosian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. As kids, we believe that the angels talked. Everything is magic till you think it's not. Easy to be thankful for the things you've got Takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost
Welcome to another episode, another fantastic, fabulous, what? Fabulous, what you just I don't know. <laughs> this is why I'm getting so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my the, gosh. The bar- you're in the barracks. Here we are. <laughs> this room that we're in echoes. It does echo. So sorry if I just laughed and it like bounced off the walls and I don't, I don't know. It sounded loud. We're in the smallest room we've ever recorded in. So... <laughs> A very live room. It is live. How this, big do you think this room is? Like five by five feet. Five maybe? by five feet. Like maybe six <laughs> by six. I don't know. And then the ceiling is much, much higher than the room is wide. So now you can, listeners or lovely and friends, you now can picture kind of what this room is like. And let me tell you more detail. There's also one wall is completely glass. <laughs> that is true. Which people keep walking past. And they, they, they look do. at us and they're like, what are they doing in there? They do like look a little. There's a lady right now eyeing us. I know. I'm not gonna look because I don't <laughs> want it to be weird. <laughs> okay. What episode is this? Episode seven. Episode seven. Episode seven. Um, very exciting. We speak with Karen Young today on this episode. <laughs> yes. And maybe some of you know that name. Um, she works here in the multicultural department at THQ, and maybe some of you don't. But um, she is just wonderful um she loves jesus and um her heart is just really for the lord and for his people uh and so our did we say what this episode's called it's called fight fair and you'll hear a little bit about you know how that came to be and we really hope that as you listen to this um maybe even right now we're gonna this is a spur of the moment thing even right now um, close your eyes unless you're driving. Do not do that. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. Yeah. And um, just ask the <laughs> ask the Holy Spirit to um, just open your heart and your mind to this conversation that he would just stir up within you um, maybe things that you could work on in partnership with him as it, as it uh, goes along with fighting fair or maybe some changes you might make or whatever that might look like. I just want you to us to be open to the challenges that kind of arise from this episode. Um, I hope that you're blessed by it. I certainly was. And uh, spoiler alert, I start to cry a little bit. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's just how it goes with me, if you know me. Yeah. So, so he, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we're going to cut to the interview, and then I think we'll come back at, yeah. at the end for a little second. We'll come back. All right. Enjoy. Well, first, thank you, ladies, for inviting me yeah. to participate in this today. My name is Karen Young, and I am with the Multicultural Ministries Department at Territorial Headquarters, and I have the wonderful opportunity to serve the territory by leading workshops and creating resources for ministry leaders to develop knowledge and skills in becoming more culturally sensitive and um, effective in cross-cultural ministry. That's huge. That's like a that's a big role. Like that's a big responsibility. So w- we appreciate you, and that's why we thought of you for this because um, we have a lot of respect for you, Karen. So thank you. Um, this episode we're titling "Fight Fair." which I think is funny because I'm about to ask you this question and I think we're going to get a really 
good, interesting answer. So my question is, how do you personally fight fair? My, <laughs> She's looking at us like... My immediate response to that would be, I don't. Okay, <laughs> I let's don't hear it. fight fair. Uh, but like many people I know, um, I try to avoid conflict okay. and the discomfort of it. But having said that, I know we can't avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. And my work requires that I work through and try to help others work through uh, conflicts, challenging, difficult um, issues and topics helping people to hang in there when it feels uncomfortable and to reach the place of deeper understanding. Yeah, that's really good. I love that answer. Um, I think for me, when we came to this topic, um, I want to just give some, mm -hmm. what is that? Not hindsight. What is that? Context? <laughs> My words are failing me. Context. Yeah. Um, because... Right now in our day and age, we've got social media, right? Huge Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. of the things I don't even know about probably still. Um, but a lot of times we see people going back and forth over hot topics, mm -hmm. topics that are really important. But you see these like fights breaking out mm -hmm. on people's statuses. And we get to a point where, and it's not like, this is Christians, you mm -hmm. know, Christians engaging in this. And that's kind of what brought me to this fight fair. Like, how, what does that look like? So the question I have for you is, and we're skipping down, um, what are your thoughts about fighting slash debating over hot topic issues on social media? What would be like maybe some do's and don'ts of that? I know it's hard. It is. That's, <laughs> that's a hard question. Much of what I have seen on social media has been, I'd say maybe, I don't want to say 50-50, but I've seen the fights. Right. Not a lot of them, mind you, but I've seen some of the fights. Yeah. And I've come to the conclusion that that's probably not the best place to debate. But I've also seen the other side mm -hmm. where people have engaged in great conversation, very thoughtful conversation, Right. And I've seen that mostly on um, group sites. Hmm. So Be the Bridge would be one of them that I would, that comes to mind. Okay. Where you're invited to be a part of that Facebook group mm -hmm. and people know what um, the topics will be mm -hmm. and are prepared to engage in the conversation. Hmm. So I wonder sometimes if the fights broke break out and there's like a brawl on social media <laughs> right because people feel attacked mm -hmm. personally yeah. just by the con the nature of the conversation right. they feel that what's important to them or their values are being called into question or attacked mm -hmm. and the other thing may be they're just not really prepared yeah. for the conversation now i think right. if you're a person that thinks quickly on their feet, maybe a social media debate would be um, something that you'd find engaging. I personally would not be a part of that right. just because it takes me a while to think and process what I really think and feel about these different issues. And they're complex. 
They're not simple, simplistic issues. These are major issues that I find are being debated. It's not um, what right. color socks should I wear right. or, you know, should I have... Yeah, <laughs> that's not, rarely is right. that a part of the debate. So there are, I think, major issues being debated and folks are just not prepared. And from my perspective, social media does not provide the time mm -hmm. to think and process in order to come out with an informed thought right. or ideas about these different issues. So. I think that's really helpful because, you know, we just, our previous episode was about millennials mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't, I don't want to just automatically attribute this to a millennial characteristic, but I know for me, I want to take a stand. I want to stand up. I want to raise my voice on issues that, you know, I, I believe need that. Um, I believe that there are issues that I believe Jesus has a response to mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of times it's, you know, social media is the one thing where we kind of feel like we have a platform because we can write a status yeah. mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I love your answer in that, you know, it doesn't necessarily, and you're not saying like, don't do it at all. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's giving you, does it give us an adequate space or safe environment to actually process through some of these things mm -hmm. like we should, because they are more complex. So there was something there were a number of things that you just said that some different ideas popped in my head, but yeah, um, you said that social media for the millennials is a, a place that you feel is a safe place in order to to have these conversations. Sure. And from my perspective, and I'm not sure if it's a generational thing, maybe it is mm -hmm. in part, but to develop a framework for safe conversations, and that's something that Maybe we'll talk about it a little later. Yes. Um, but to say to folks who may not be millennials, who mm -hmm. may have some thoughts about the topic, to say that this is a place where we're going to explore. Right. Um, this is a place where we're going to test out some ideas. Now, maybe it's just assumed that everybody understands that mm -hmm. versus being this is the, the kind of authoritative yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. thinking on this this particular topic. Maybe just throwing out some things like that helps mm -hmm. people to realize, well, I'm not the authority on this, but maybe I can engage and have some conversation that'll help me. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point because it is kind of, I feel like because social media is so uh, temporary mm -hmm. that it's like, yeah, of course, this is just what I'm thinking today. You know, it's time stamped. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I've i been on Facebook for like 15 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have a lot of thoughts on there. So, yeah, it, it could be generational. Mm. And um, that, that could be one of the things is maybe due to the age. Like I, I have a lot of sense that I'm not fully developed yet. I don't know everything I think or... I'm just saying stuff right now and like trying to get feedback mm -hmm. and, you know, and like kind of moving from there. But so um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but so um, Amanda and I are understanding is that there's a framework which the multicultural department uses to help people through 
those difficult conversations. So like, what would you describe what those guidelines are for us? Sure. We've often used, I, I want to say almost always use some sort of um, what, we're call, what we call communication guidelines in our workshops because of the nature of them. We're talking about culture. We talk about being more culturally aware and culturally sensitive and all the things that are a part of that. And there's just a sense that the nature of the conversation could result in um, a hot topic being surfaced. Not that we intend for that to happen, but just sometimes people just feel like they want to share a story, and that's what happens. Um, something very sensitive comes out. And so we want to protect the space, and we want to honor people's sharing. So we set up a framework to help to develop that safe place. Um, and when we put together the Sacred Conversations on Race, Culture, and Reconciliation, we felt that that really, that framework really needed to be in place because the focus of the resource was dealing with critical issues or hot topics around race and culture. And in order for people to share their stories in a way that was meaningful, and in order for people to hear the stories in a way that was sensitive to the other, we felt like it, we really needed to create safe spaces and these guidelines, how we communicate it was a part of that, of creating that safe space. Mm -hmm. So there were two different ones. Um, there was one that was called the Respectful Communication Guidelines. It came out of the Kaleidoscope Institute in Los Angeles, um, developed by Eric Law, and we've used them a number of times. And it was an acronym for respect, and each of the letters represented something. Um, R for responsibility, E for empathetic listening, um, S for being sensitive to differences in communication, and so on. And we also had a, a smaller version of uh, communication guidelines with, such with um, things like use I statements. Claim your own ideas. Mm -hmm. We can respond to what you think or what you feel, but if you, if you speak with the voice of the world, we can't respond to the world. Like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody knows this, mm -hmm. that kind of response. Right. Um, that we would be respectful when people were talking, that there would be no interrupting. So as an introvert, if I'm trying to think as I speak and someone interrupts that, what I'm thinking may get lost. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to honor that. Maintaining confidentiality was another critical part of it. You know, what happens in wherever we are stays wherever we are. Um, we want to honor our time together, and, you know, if we share it out of context, there could be a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. um, just a sense of betrayal even. I share this with this group, and now, you know, other people are getting it. And just for us to be present, mind, body, and spirit. This was a critical piece for me because what I would often say is that sometimes in being present, you will hear things in areas other than your ears. So someone may share a story and you might feel your stomach tightening or you get a lump in your throat or you feel your body suddenly tense. Be aware of that. You know, Make a note of it if you need to. Have some conversation with us around it because that can be instructive for you as you are dealing with these kinds of critical issues. So that's kind of the framework creating safe spaces and things that we put into place as to how we would talk and be together in those in those spaces. Wow. Is that helpful? Oh, yeah. that's that super sense? that's super helpful, yeah. but I'm like 
feeling convicted. I, I don't do all those things all the time. I'm like, oh boy. Oh, I have a lot to work on. <laughs> um, well, so um, it sounds like you ha- you've seen the framework in action. And were there any surprises um, about maybe the outcome of those conversations for you or I don't maybe even for the participants? It was not uncommon for folks to breathe a sigh of relief after we shared the, the framework and would ask, do we all agree? Is there any question? And everybody would, most people would shake their heads. Yes, we agree. We want to have this, this space um, in this way. There were occasionally um, some more <laughs> difficult or challenging um, times in the conversation, but those were really rare. Mm-hmm. Um, those were really rare. So for the most time, people have welcomed it, um, have really appreciated having that, that framework in place. I have a couple questions that are gonna take us a little bit away from the framework type of discussion. So before I do that, where can people find these resources um, that you're speaking about? I know you just briefly talked about it, but if they're at a core or they're a small group and they're looking for, how can I create this space? Where should they go to find that resource? They can contact our office. We'd be happy to send them the Sacred Conversations Guide and we are at USC Multicultural Ministries. Uh, the other place it can be found is on our website, which is www.multiculturalministriescentral.org. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So I want to take us back um, to our third question on our list. Look, we're, we're so organized. Kiri's so organized. We have them all written down. Um, but number three, I think is really important, and it says there are so many issues, especially in this current time in our world, that we could take a stand on and raise our voice about. Do you have tips on discerning when to stand up and fight and when not to? You're right. There are many issues Mm -hmm. um, that we could lend our voices to. Some of them, I think, may be closer to our hearts than others, uh, depending on the issue maybe something that we have some knowledge or experience about. Um, But again, I want to say that they are complex and we don't want to underestimate them. Right. Um, So for me, there are different ways of standing up and fighting. Hmm. Um, It may or may not require our voice. If it does, will that voice be a spoken voice or a written voice? Mm, that's good. Um, good it may require our presence. That might be standing with in a more public way, however appropriate that mm-hmm. might be. Or it might be sitting with someone over coffee. Yeah. Um, it may require our resources. It may require our people network or money or expertise. Yeah. And it may require that we support a group of well-informed folks who are fighting the good fight. Um, I, these issues, I believe, really require um, our diligence in studying them, talking with folks who know about them, so that we can respond in a way that, um, that's informed. Um, I advocate thoughts and prayers. 
Yes. <laughs> Even though that gets uh, Amen. a little something, something. <laughs> um, but someone once said that discernment to know how to act rightly requires holding our news feeds and our Bibles wow. beside one another. So as we're reading, we're being informed. Um, so I think. Yeah, that's, that's great. Your question. Yes, that's that's exactly what we were hoping for. So thank you for that answer. Um, and that leads us to the last question we have. Um, I'm all about dreams, dreamer, the dreamers and the visionaries and all of that. <laughs> I feel like I say that a lot. That's going to be my coined phrase. But what advice would you give to people who are involved with Salvation Army Ministries when it comes to raising our voices or raising our hand with a pen to write or whatever mm -hmm. that may look like against injustice? And what are your dreams for how we could act um, slash react as a church? Okay, to your first question. Um, Jesus said to his disciples as he was sending them out on mission, stay alert. This is hazardous work I'm assigning you. And he admonished them to be um, as wise as serpents and um, as gentle as doves. Um, I would say that we not um, underestimate the importance of the difficulty of this justice work. Yeah. And I would encourage, and maybe this is just an assumption and something that people do, but I find that I often lack to, to encourage regular spiritual habits. Yeah. Prayer, meditation, being quiet, listening, um, reflecting on scripture, not just Bible study, but allowing scripture to speak yes. um, are really critical pieces, um, I think, in getting involved in this work. Um, the second to your second question about dreaming yeah I would hope that at some point we have a real uh, not a real but maybe a deeper sense of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ mm. that my concerns are really your concerns mm -hmm. and your concerns are my concerns yes. even if they may not seem to be. Here's an example. Well, immigration. Mm. Immigrants, I think, would have um, a greater sensitivity to the issues of immigration because of their status, right. because of the status of family and friends and so on. Do I hold a similar um, sensitivity to the immigrant um, around racial issues? Um, I might have a greater sensitivity to any number of issues that are going on. Right. Um, would my non-African American sisters and brothers have that sensitivity? Mm. That's my dream that one day we are not in our cultural ethnic silos when it comes to really caring for, embracing, loving, showing empathy and compassion, standing with, sitting with, um, each other. One of the things that happened during, um, we were doing some small group sacred conversation stuff. It was uh, not too long after Ferguson. Mm. And what we found when we gathered um, 
African-American co-workers together and some of them had family members who work in this environment came together we realized that what we were hearing in the news was not something that was just for someone someplace that we didn't know but our our own co-workers yeah. people that we worship with people that we work with our family members who are going through these similar kinds of things and the surprise that, oh, I'm working beside someone that could actually be experiencing this, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I would dream that one day that would not be, that um, we would just have this sympathy and empathy. We would s really sense the body of Christness yeah. among, among ourselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. Oh, I'm like getting emotional. This is the first time that I think I'm like crying on the podcast. Oh my, I'm <laughs> ah, no, and that's that's a great thing because it's um, that's a beautiful dream, you know, and it's oh, like that's something that I dream too, you know, that we dream, and mm -hmm. I know that um, our listeners dream for, and uh, I just want to thank you, Karen, for being here, um, for doing this. You are so important. <laughs> um, you've been working here for how many years? Oh, not very long. <laughs> not very <laughs> Since 2003. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, oh man, the way that the Lord is working through you is just really beautiful. And Thank um, you. you are needed as we talk about the body, like you are needed in the body. Um, and we appreciate your voice and your heart and the way that you are, um, leading us into conversations that we need to be having. Um, and so I just want to affirm you and uh, encourage you that, you, you know, we have so much respect for you. Um, so thank you for being part of this and thank you for what you do. Uh, so I hope that as you're listening, as you have listened to this episode, that um, you come away with this, our listeners, um, maybe just with some thoughts that the Lord is stirring some things up in your heart. Um, and so we pray that you would join this dream, um, that Karen has expressed that we would really, uh, be in touch and, and even dig deeper in, into our understanding of the body of Christ. So thank you all. Thank, thank you, Karen. You. And thank, thank you, listeners. you ladies. Thank you so much. I should have brought Kleenex. Aww. It's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I'm really glad we had her. Yeah. With us. I, cause, and you know, I just enjoy listening to her. Like, right. I know that she's thought about what she's going to say. Um, and so I just appreciated like the level of, um, calmness that she that she has so like that's why I didn't yes. really talk a lot during during the interview because right. I just was like yeah it was super peaceful in here yeah, wasn't it it, it was just nice. was like it's so calm I'm so I that's... feel so frantic <laughs> that like it was nice to have someone who had yeah. who was like calm yeah it was a really <laughs> really cool experience um and that just speaks to like her spirit, like how the Lord uses her. So we're grateful for that. But as we wrap this episode up, we want to um, challenge you all with a question. 
So, yeah. So use the Barracks podcast. Hashtag the Barracks podcast. you know. Because we want to hear from you. (laughs) So use that on social media as you answer this question. In light of our conversation, what is one thing you can work on when it comes to communicating with others? This is... Yeah, it's going to take. Yeah. And I mean, you could feel like you don't want to share that in public. Sure. Again, again. I'm sure. just, I think, I feel like I said that last time too. Right. So I understand. I, I understand. understand. Yesterday, I think I made, I began like two or three different like social media posts and I never posted any of them. <laughs> right. So. So if you, if you don't share, okay. For those of us who like to share, we'll hear from you. But at least... Let it be something that you process through, whether it's yeah. on social media or not. Um, I really do challenge you to, you know, work through it with someone, like in partnership. Um, so again, I'm going to say the question, in light of our conversation, what is one thing you can work on when it comes to communicating with others? So Yeah, and um, I'm going to post the on the on the little episode description there will be a link to the website that Karen talked about uh and then I think later this week at some point we'll be posting what those different guidelines yes. like what those actually are so that mm-hmm. could be food for thought too as you're thinking about this question of you know what like what did you feel or what have you felt convicted about as far as re- communicating with others I mean, we talked a lot about online communication, like we social did. media co- communication, but there could be, I think um, Karen is talking about interpersonal, direct, yeah. face-to-face communication, and those can be very different things, social media versus face-to-face, Right. and face-to-face is really difficult, and that's like a study, there's like some, I think it's a study, okay, I'm just making stuff up now, I don't know if it's oh, a study gosh. or not, but I feel like <laughs> that's something that... Um, millennials and gen z are known for or that there's this fear of Mm -hmm. that we won't know how to talk to people in person i mean i definitely always avoid talking to people on the phone if i can so i'm i am working on that right and i think i mentioned when karen was talking like definitely feeling convicted about her description of like respectful communication and stuff like that and like oh man like I have a long way to go so hopefully you're on the journey too we all do we're all on the journey everybody's with us so thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the barracks podcast and we'll we'll talk to you next time bye it's easy to be thankful for the things you've got. It takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost.